is Sean Donovan, and you're listening to the guys at Send Central. Kachuk, Lister and a goal! Brady Kachuk! There's Adina, a shot, he scores! Philip Sedina! Another goal here in the first period. The draft is so soon, so, you know, I'm so excited. We're so excited as well. Philip, I'm Ross Levitan, and it's episode 40 of Making Sense of the Sense. Today I'm joined by Chris Parliament. How's it going, guys? And Brandon Piller. What's up, guys? Jeremy Houston starts his internship next week, so he's back in Ottawa enjoying some downtime. Brandon Purdy had to go to the NHL Network where you were today, Chris. How was that? It was good. He relieved me. It's always nice getting a couple notes in there, listening to the boys over there, and it was uh, it was fun. Let that slide, but uh, Pillsy, I saw you on the, in the background of uh, uh, Sports Center last night. You're looking sharp. Thanks, man. Still looking sharp. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like radio is best for you. So, um, <laughs> I, I did see you sneaking around uh, at the radio side of TSN. So, uh, you just trying to beat me or something? No, just coming to say hi. And speaking of high, you were just in Colorado on a little, a little after graduation vacation. How's that? I see you got the Rockies hat. Mile high city, of course. Uh, a full. It's crazy. The center of the city is exactly one mile above sea level. Wow. Facts, I don't believe that. Facts you didn't think you'd learn listening to Send Central. Uh, anyways, it's been a while since we've uh, done one of these. We're no longer students at the College of Sports Media. We're all at internships. I think I covered that here, but we're still using the facility, so I uh, appreciate that as well. Lots to get to on episode 40. Uh, TSN released their trade bait list with two senators prominently placed in the top 10. Number one, Eric Carlson. We'll get into some of that as well. Mike Hoffman could be on the move. Seems more likely than not, actually. And some weird, weird stuff out of Buffalo. We'll cover the Randy Lee situation and what we can expect from the Ottawa Senators at the NHL draft. You heard Brady Kachuk and Philip Zadina. It seems like one of those two will be available at number four. Do the Sens go there or a different direction? But as we do each and every episode, we go back to the prominent players who were number 40 for the Ottawa Senators and being a goalie-friendly show, Pillsy, I'll let you take it away here. Hey, number 40, Patty Laleem. If you're if you're a fan of the Ottawa Senators and have been for a while, you definitely know this name. Although the memory that probably lasts in your head is those heartbreaking losses to the Leafs. But nonetheless, he had a sick mask, and uh, I definitely respect Patty Laleem. And even the Sherwood pads were pretty sweet too. With the I mean, red, white, and black just looks good on goalie gear always. But he just had a swagger with him, huge goalie. I think he was six four, like. And that was when not every goalie in the league was that size. It seems like there's only two two that come to the top of my head, Peter Mrazek and UC Saros, that are under six feet tall. So, it, I mean, but he was just a monster net. And my favorite Patrick Lee memory is definitely 2002, the series against the Philadelphia Flyers. He had three straight shutouts in that series, and he only allowed two goals on 137 shots. So that is banana land. Of course, it's the Joe Newendike thing, old short side that we remember, and that was one of the first like memes where you'd see the the beach ball in the uh, in the background because beach ball is bigger than puck. It is way bigger than the puck, and I feel like that transferred to Toronto after that. They got to taste their own medicine when Andrew Raycroft let in a goal like that basically every single game. <laughs> but this isn't a Leafs podcast. Let's get back to the Ottawa Senators. One more quick story on number forty because this is when I knew. 
the Sens were in money trouble. You remember Gabriel Dumont? That unfortunately ooh, he played for uh, Guy Boucher. Did you know? He's a glue guy. Yeah, people don't talk about that. But uh, when he was put on waivers, finally, by the Ottawa Senators, um, they called up Jim O'Brien, who had never worn number 40 in his entire career. But what does he trot out as? No, not 42 like he wore when he played for the Sens back in the day. No, not number 18 like he was wearing in Belleville. It was number 40. And Chris, what are the odds that the Dumont nameplate was underneath O'Brien? I mean... uh it's 100%. Take it to the bank. Slam dunk. Absolutely. I doubt that they even took Dumont off the back. They just put O'Brien right over top. And you know what? If they could have, they probably would have signed another guy with the last name Dumont. Oh my God. That would be next Get level. Get your 80-20 tickets here. Well, Nashville almost did that. Because remember, they. but you would have had to change the number. So maybe not. When they traded Shea Weber and then signed Yannick Weber that same summer. And he wore number seven, like one over him. Like... <laughs> 16, like, but the one's a little too far to the left. <laughs> yeah, that's that's stupid. Uh, not as stupid as Randy Lee was in Buffalo. He was there for the NHL scouting combine, and he found himself in some hot water, to say the least. It was a strange situation, and we don't want to speculate because we don't know anything more than we're about to play for you. This is the district attorney of the Erie County, uh, D.A. Flynn, will explain just what happened on, I believe it was the Tuesday night in Buffalo. He was uh, staying at the Westin Hotel uh, yesterday. He was um, apparently at some NHL functions down at 716. <clears throat> and the, um, the Westin Hotel has uh, a shuttle service back and forth from the facilities down there at Canal Side to the Westin Hotel. And a 19-year-old uh, uh, young man uh, was uh, dispatched by the Westin Hotel to go to 716. Uh, and pick Mr. Lee up. Um, Mr. Lee allegedly asked the uh, young man if he could sit in the front seat of the van, and the young man said, sure. And in the uh, course of the uh, drive back to the Western Hotel, uh, Mr. Lee uh, allegedly uh, put his hands on his uh, shoulders and um, uh, allegedly um, made some uh, lewd comments. Um, the, the, the young man told him to stop, to don't touch him. Uh, Mr. Lee allegedly did not stop and put his hand back on his shoulders again and started rubbing his shoulders. Uh, the boy, the young, young man again told him to stop. Um, and then, uh, the allegations are that when they got, by, by this time they had pulled up to the Western Hotel now, that, um, uh, Mr. Lee, uh, allegedly, um, uh, made a reference to um, his own private parts, um, and uh, and uh, made a made a, uh, a vulgar or lewd statement to uh, to the to the 19 year old boy again, and um, the driver was obviously very shaken by this. Um, he immediately went into the Western Hotel when he got there, went up to the went up to the head of security, and told security what had happened. Uh, security then uh, notified the Buffalo Police Department. Buffalo Police Department came and investigated the matter. <clears throat> Mr. Lee was uh, was arrested uh, last night. Um, he was uh, held in custody last night, mainly due to the fact that he is a Canadian citizen. So he did mention today, yesterday, today. Um, obviously, that's a little dated at this point. So Randy Lee did go in for a hearing and 
turns out his next, um, well, he pleaded not guilty. So the trial is set for June 22nd, which I mentioned coincides with the NHL draft. So um, tough look, not having your assistant GM there under those circumstances to say the least. Hey, Bilzy. Yeah, that's definitely a tough situation. But what I don't really know what you're supposed to do if you're the sense because it's not like you can fire the guy or suspend him. While... Yeah, you can. You can put him on on leave. No, I'm aware you are able to do that. But the, with the biggest draft in how many years for the sense coming up, like when when has there been a bigger draft for this organization than now? When's the last time? Um, I, I would say 2011 when they had three first rounders would probably be. Yeah. So one of the biggest drafts since 2011 and your assistant jail manager is going to be suspended or on leave or regardless, they don't even have control of it is going to be having a court hearing. So honestly, this is just another uh, palm to the face kind of moment for sense fans because you just can't script this stuff. Like your assistant general manager, the staff is already short as it is. And your number two guy is. And what really bothers me is this is a guy who's been in a, a position of authority around men that age. Exactly. For the past 10 years. Yeah. So if you can't keep your patience with a 19 year old guy, who's just driving you between different spots in Buffalo, are you going to be able to keep your patience when developing prospects are interviewing you and maybe it's not going as well as you want? Like that just, it's a terrible look. I was uh, in Ottawa last weekend talking with Jeremy about this. Um, and he said that Randy Lee's married and has three kids. So that even adds a whole other loop into this one, an already strange story. And what uh, the underlying fact is that he's literally there representing the team talking to prospects who may play for the team. Forget about what the prospects think. What do you think their parents are thinking about the prospect of their kids going into an organization that A, has somebody who would allegedly do something like that, but in the the role he's in. Yeah, like Randy Lee knocks on your door to come in and chat with you and your son. Uh, yeah i mean and it looks bad in the eyes of the agents as well i mean that's just gonna it's gonna hurt negotiations it's gonna hurt everything if you're gonna put a wall up in front of yourself that you are as an organization not just himself are gonna have to break down just to get to these kids then he's gotta go well and this is a situation where is it a boiling point sure he should be fired for poor performance yeah, true. He took over. He's the general manager of the Belleville Senators. Talk about putting an exclamation mark at the end of a bad year. They finished in last place. They were brutal. And he he signed some garbage, garbage players down there. Yeah, the leading point getter had 33 points, and it was Ville Poca. Shout out Ville and Poca. <laughs> who left the organization. I'm so sorry, Chris. He signed in the KHL. Good for him, man. Go get your money. Yeah. But Dito, Dito, the guy who uh, was traded for Polka, had an incredible <laughs> Cal- AHL. His Calder Cup playoff run was crazy. See yeah, how it ended, exactly. though? Yeah. You see how it ended? No. Oh, my God. It went viral. It was funny. Colin White and Schlappick were, t- were writing to each other in the comments like, what? I, I got to show it to you after. It's uh, If you haven't seen it, just Google Domenico AHL. That'll probably, that'll It'll probably be the first yeah. thing. He goes bananas and starts like tomahawk smashing his stick against the glass, like at a fan. 
Yeah, like Whoa. behind the glass after, after his lost. team lost to get eliminated. He just stood up and turned around, and I guess a fan gave him some obscene gesture or a lewd comment. I've never heard the word lewd before this whole And it was in the Randy Lee description. Yeah. <laughs> it, never heard it before. Anyways, the fan must have given him a lewd comment, and he smashed stick. Like, I don't know how it didn't break or the glass didn't break. Like, he was losing it. It was, hey, it was pretty funny. T- tense times in Rockford for the Ice Hogs. Um, so yeah, Slapic said like, oh, like at Colin White, like, oh my god, dude, check out Dito. <laughs> <laughs> and White's like, oh my god. So that's just outrageous stuff here. But uh, let's talk, dive into the fun part of the draft combine. Yeah. Or the actual activity. I don't think there's anything fun about the VO2 test or any of that sort of uh, stuff, but how much can a solid or a poor performance here, Chris, actually affect somebody's draft stock? I mean, you can rise. I don't see anybody falling. Um, yeah, because Middlestat didn't fall and guy couldn't do a single chin-up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was thinking about that the other day. Uh, I you, watched- you couldn't do one? I think I can bang at one. <laughs> it's because your body weight's like 90 pounds. Yeah, lean and mean, buddy. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I was watching like videos the other day of players talking about lifting the Stanley Cup for the first time, and Drew Doughty said, I was actually kind of shocked at how heavy it was, and for, my first thought was, could Casey Middlestad even lift it? <laughs> With the Sabres, I don't think it's going to be a problem anymore. Or he'll soon. build up enough that's muscle good, by that point. That's good scouting by the Sabres. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we don't want this to, to be a problem. The sabermetrics. Yeah, Sabermetrics. And uh, Rasmus Dahlin, for the record, did 10, so maybe he could do one with uh, Middlestad on his back. And a little more fun in social media is... Uh, the NHL actually released the video of Brady Kachuk doing pull-ups at Matthew Kachuk saying, could you do this many? And he <laughs> yeah. said, absolutely not. <laughs> That's awesome. He was banging him out like a machine. Yeah, that was impressive. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you brought up Brady Kachuk because it seems like this combine was right up his alley. And he seems like the number three consensus pick now and that could be great news for Ottawa yeah that's uh it's huge I mean I've been a big Brady Kachuk guy all along but you can't really go wrong at three or four it just it's kind of like somebody's falling in your lap either way and uh, yeah I mean Brady Kachuk you're getting size and skill Philip Zanina you're getting lots of skill so I mean there's not really anywhere you can go wrong this is likely a breaking moves type thing because it's right now when we're we're releasing it, but the Carolina Hurricanes, it seems, there's a report out on the score that they will take Andre Svechnikov at number two. Unless they trade. Barring a trade. And it seems like everybody not named Sebastian Ajo is on the table in Carolina. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good puck-moving defensemen there, and Justin Falk's right-handed. Hint, hint. Everyone in the NHL, if you need a right-handed puck movement defenseman. But it seems like there's a plethora of those available. If Justin Falk's available, th- apparently there's an offer on the table. Eight years, $88 million, I want to say, for uh, Oliver ekman Larson in Phoenix. If he doesn't oh. sign that, he is a left shot, I, sh- I should make clear. But mm-hmm. P.K. Subban's name is on that trade bait. He's a right-shot defenseman, as was King Eric Carlson. Uh, a left-shot as- defenseman making $11 million per is just mind-boggling. Yeah, it's actually bananas. But uh, getting back to the Sens' number four pick, after I heard this from Philip Zanina on TSN 1200, I was sold. Just sign him up. Get him on my team. I know it's a very good organization. It's a franchise uh, franchise team. And, uh, you know, I got, like, uh, my uh, good friend, like, Philip Schlappig, he's playing here. And, uh, you know, it'll be, go- it'll, it'll be awesome to play here. But... I can't say anything right now. We'll see what's going to happen <laughs> on the draft. And anyway, I would love to be here because it's a nice city. It's the capital city of Canada. So, I mean, uh, it would be like uh, awesome for me. 
everything you hear about this kid just makes you want to have him on your team. This guy said to reporters at the World Juniors this year, I would rather die than the Czech Republic not get a medal. I mean, they didn't medal, but that's the kind of thing you want to hear, and he certainly left it all out on the line. Then he came back to Halifax and tried to start getting on his equipment to go out and practice, and they said, you deserve a break, kid. Go sit down. So he waited till the end of practice and helped the equipment team load the buses because he felt he hadn't done anything. Yeah, and I like how he mentioned that he's buddies with Philip Schlappick, too. Uh, you got to yeah. love young camaraderie on, on the team. And Schlappick, I'm excited to see what, what he's going to bring this year after exceeding expectations at the AHL level. But once he was, when he was in the NHL, sure, you could say he didn't have too much of an opportunity to play top six minutes, top nine, but he had, I think, one point. Eric Carlson was a minus 26. I don't think anyone's doing well on this team. That is very true. So we, we touched on Kachuk, but... Who do you think he compares himself to as a player? Why don't we ask him on uh, TSN 1200? Got him as well, as these two players were both visiting Ottawa for separate meetings with the team. Two guys, Wayne Simmons and Braden Shen. Um, you know, they're big, powerful guys. They're big, power forwards, and, and they got a lot of skill too, and they, they can really back it up, and, and they're, they seem like great teammates too who are always looking out and, and sticking up for teammates. All right, well, you talk about players you want on your team. That's pretty unbelievable statement there, but... You need goals to win games, and the Senators need more of both. Zadina, who do you think you play like? Uh, I'd probably like to compare myself to Nikita Kucherov from Tampa Bay. Well, I'll take that. Uh, two Kucherovs in one division? Yikes. Well, it's even more interesting because it seems like Kucherov, ah, it's another story for another day, but I don't know if his next contract is going to be an easy one for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Stevie Wilde will get it done. That yeah. guy's the ultimate yeah. hockey guy. Yeah, he is. He, he knows his stuff. So uh, I think we're all in agreement here. Before, I know I said Bockfist last time uh, when we did who do you want top five, but I think when you're drafting top five, Pillar, correct me if, if you think differently, um, you need the guy with the highest upside points-wise. You, you need a, a game-breaker. A hundred percent, Ross. And the big thing, in my mind, there's no other option. If Zadina's available, you have to take him. Because let's we talked about it earlier on the show. Uh, LeBron and Dreger are r- rumoring that it's very likely that Hoffman could get dealt at the draft. You need to replace that goal-scoring talent immediately. Not just, not just for numbers, plus-minus-wise, but if the Sens aren't able to uh, prove to Matt Duchesne that he's going to have someone at a high skill level to play with, and this isn't going to be another rebuild that we know Duchesne doesn't want to be a part of, it's going to be so hard to re-sign that guy. And with everything they gave up to get Duchesne, it's it's crucial that they keep him here. So I think you need a goal-scoring guy like Sedina. And the biggest thing for me is he's got to be NHL ready. If the player that the Sens pick up at fourth can't, play in the NHL next year, I would consider that a failure. By all accounts, Philip Zadina is is a pro. Like you, you talk to people, I have some friends in Halifax, but I, I lived there for a couple of years. So I didn't get to see either of these players, but um, they, from what I hear, Zadina's further along than Nico Heesher was at, at that point last year, physically. I mean, Heesher has some unbelievable skills. I'm not trying to put a damper on that, but just in in terms of playing one year in the Quebec League, like he sure did, like Zadina has, I think it's very, very likely, if not guaranteed, he'll be in the NHL next season. Yeah, I like that a lot too. And at 28 years old, Mike Hoffman, it, this is when you're going to get the most out of him. You can't. This isn't one you can sit on. 
So, I mean, if the Sens are going to pull the trigger on this deal, they got to pull this trigger on this deal early. Get it done now. Don't sign them to a bridge deal or anything like that. Get it done. Move them. Get some pieces that can help you. One to two year range. Though. Yeah, yeah. Don't give well, me a future. Don't give me no picks. Yeah. I mean, sure you can throw in a pick, but the biggest piece I think has to be. Let's get into that in a little while. Uh, I know we all have some some good thoughts on that, but we've covered the number four pick. So this team needs a little bit of everything. If you if you are going one of Kachuk or Zadina, is it imperative, Parley, that you get a defenseman at twenty two? Yeah. I think you needed somebody to help out on this back end. I mean, Christian Malign and someone you can get excited about. We haven't seen, I don't think, the best yet out of Thomas Shabbat. Or Yarosh. Yeah, yeah, or Yarosh. Uh, Andres Englund's another mm. interesting name. He, hey, man, we heard earlier. That's 2014 draft. Like, at some point. Like, we heard earlier from Joel Vanderlaan, the guy that we had on this show, that Andres Englund was the most NHL-ready guy on that blue line in Belleville this year. So, if we're looking at immediate. But you have Harper on a one-way deal next year. I mean, if you're looking to the future, I think Andre Sanglin has to be part of the conversation on the back end. But yeah, I mean, that doesn't take away from the fact that you do need to take, I think, a D-man. If you're able to get the best talent out of number four, which I agree with, you said earlier, help out your team with 22. This is a this is a pick that you went out and got for Derek Broussard. Don't forget that you gave up a number two centerman, a legitimate number two centerman to get this. Help your team out. Do you think that the number 22 pick was the main part of that trade, or do you see Gustafson as having higher value? I don't think you can ever really put a first-round pick in the background. Yeah. Just with how, even with how deep this draft is. And I think that Pittsburgh was pretty confident they were going to get to the conference final, and that would have pushed the pick down to 28 or lower. So I think that that's a real win for Ottawa, getting 22nd overall out of that. Because, I mean, I love Derek Broussard just as much as any of you guys, but that's a lot. Oh, he had to go, too. And, no, no, but that's a lot. And the third rounder, too. And just strictly, like you said, Chris, he had to go. That Ian There Cole. was no way the Sens could re-sign him. So he had to go, and I'm glad it was Broussard over Pajot because Pajot's got a more favorable deal. And uh, we just watched playoff highlights of him. Yeah. And he's a local boy. Yeah. And uh, you wouldn't have got the same return from for Pajot that you would for Broussard. If you know you're going to trade one of them, Go big or go home. They went big, and that was a huge deal for the Sens. Philip Gustafson, I've got a lot of faith in that guy. Philly I like franchise. the deal. Philly franchise. How? Who do you got? Twenty-two. Well, who's your wish list? Look, I'm I'm sorry if it's beginning to sound a bit like a broken record for me, but my my pick still is Ryan Merkley, and he like it just blows my mind. The range on where this guy is supposed to go is crazy. Uh, Corey Prominent for the Athletic. I would hold. I would hold his rankings uh, highest in, in high regard. Yeah, they, they're something I definitely uh, take seriously. And he has Merkley all the way up at ten. And not only that, he said that Merkley was one of the best passers he's ever seen play at that age. And he rated him the best passer in the entire draft. And that's no secret. That's not just opinion. You can look at his OHL stats. He had. 34 power play points. This guy can quarterback a power play. And people are worried about his attitude and his development as an offensive defenseman. They say he makes a lot of very poor, risky decisions. Who else was like that? Eric Carlson. Another offensive defenseman that can help him develop? Thomas Shabbat. So you've got people in place to take this guy under your wing. And I think the ceiling on Ryan Merkley is incredible. And 
like we said, with number four, take the sure thing, take the home run. But with number 22, I would give a little bit more of a leash. He may be way gone by then, though. He may be way gone. But yeah. like I said, uh, Pronman's got him at 10 here. But some people don't even have him going in the first round. So wow. It's, it's they probably tough. just don't even have him on your list it, at that point. Maybe. It's tough to say. But if, if he's gone, it looks like Evan uh, Bouchard and Noah Dobson have dropped, too. Any one of those guys looks good to me, too. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head with mine. Uh, Evan Bouchard, 87 points in the O this year. That's pretty impressive. And there's already a lot of chemistry there with Alex Formington. Almost every highlight goal uh, Alex Formington had this year which was... Which was a lot. Which was a lot, yeah. Was on an outlet pass from Evan Bouchard. This guy's six foot three, a right-handed shot. He can skate. He can dish. I think he can be a good, uh, good NHLer in a few years. I just want to quickly... Go back to Ryan Merkley here, though. Uh, I didn't. I, I think I've touched on this a little bit in the past, but I think it's a knock on myself. I didn't watch enough OHL hockey this year and didn't see him play all that often. But at the U17 tournament this year, sorry, U18 tournament this year, uh, he looked good. So you, do, was, you don't watch OHL, but you watch U18? Yeah, I love the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Anything with the Maple Leafs. Yeah, I can't I say I don't you. love the tournament. Uh, so this kid. Obviously, yes, has a lot of talent. One knock on him was his, uh, he almost looks too confident with the puck at times. Uh, sometimes you got to just get rid of it, and that'll be a big slap in the face, I think. Uh, definitely something you can improve on. Just chip the puck in the corner. There's nothing wrong with that. Quick off the glass. Just as the game speeds up for him, his mind has to as well. Uh, but you talked about the power play points, and when he has a puck on his stick, he's he's certainly, I would put him a Ryan Ellis esque type player just a smaller quarterback on the power play and uh he made a pretty unbelievable play to get the puck through while he was just kind of dancing at the blue line with the puck to get it to Lafreniere so that they won group a this year in U18s so yeah he definitely has offensive upside yeah and, and that's the big thing and you have to remember these kids when they're young everyone's offensive minded like no no 16 year old player in junior is going home and telling his buddies about that sweet back check he had the other day you know that's there's no highlight videos for that it doesn't blow up your social media you want the offense that's fine but like you said often he doesn't make that quick smart play that i see that as a bit of an advantage as well because that means he's willing to take chances and he's going to make those home run plays just like eric carlson does yeah you got to take the good with the bad there so I, I'm a guy who I want my defenseman to, his first thought isn't to chip it off the glass or do the safe play. His first thought is getting the offense going, even if it comes back to bite him once in a while. I just want to play a little devil's advocate here, though. Are you willing to risk a low potential of Eric Carlson? I'm not saying he's a bad player and doesn't have a lot of potential. He does, 100%, but... Mm -hmm. I don't think he's going to ever hit the Eric Carlson heights. No. So are you willing to risk... Possibly getting a almost Eric Carlson, but ending up with a Jake Gardner because we all saw him make way too many long passes, and he's a good skater, but he doesn't have it physically. Are you are you willing to do that at twenty two? Well, like I said earlier, the reason I think uh, Merkley would work well is because he has players like Carlson, like Shabbat, players okay. that yeah. have made that mistakes and have learned to fix it. Whereas Jake Gardner, who's te who's teaching him that? Ron Hainsey? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. You know, so I I think that's why the Merkley uh, air quotes all the problems with him could work in Ottawa. How cool does the Merkley experience? <laughs> I meant experiment. 
I should be noted as well, the Senators do not have a second or third round pick in this draft, so trading down could also be uh, something Pierre Dorian might consider to add more assets. Um, because this draft, it seems after seven, it's wide open. You, yeah. m- you mentioned Merkley's, like, some people don't even have him on their list. Well, like Barrett Hayton, some people have it seven. I think it's uh, Craig Button that has him at seven. Uh, Corey Pronman's got him all the way down uh, at 23. And that's a common theme for a lot of these guys. Noah Dobson from five to Pronman has him at 20. Like, that's that's a big discrepancy here. Bodie Wild, I thought for sure, like all season long, was going to Detroit at six. And now Pronman's got him at 19. I mean... This guy put up 41 points in the USHL this year. He's a right-shot defenseman. You're not giving up any size from Evan Bouchard. He's 6'2", 195, so Bouchard has a whopping two pounds on the kid. He can skate. I mean, there's so many. And Last time we did all this, Matthias Samuelson was my pick. He's not even on Providence list. There's just so many high-end defensemen, that potential high-end defensemen that are right there from... 10 to 40 almost on the list. Definitely, and there's lots to be excited about as we get closer to drafts. As I mentioned, June 22nd and 23rd, the first round on the 22nd, the 2 through 7. On the Saturday, I can't wait. Not only because of the next generation of NHLers finding out who they're going to play for, but there's always some good trades. We mentioned TSN's trade bait list was out. I think that Eric Carlson's on top of it because it draws headlines, it gets clicks, generates revenue. But you got to think the Senators don't have their first round pick next year. Eric Carlson will be at training camp for the Ottawa Senators. That's that's what I believe. Hoffman, on the other hand, it seems like all the insiders now are on the same page. He's getting moved, and there's a lot of interest. What would it take for you to deal Mike Hoffman at the draft? Honestly, I mean, you look at Mike Hoffman, and I'm as big a fan as anybody of Mike Hoffman. I think he's a great shooter. I think he's got elite goal-scoring ability in the NHL, which it's it's hard to come by in this league, the release that he's got from pretty much anywhere in the offensive zone. The thing that makes him so expendable in my mind, however, is the money that that opens up. If you're able to bring in a couple guys on entry-level contracts with big futures, sign me up. And as soon as Hoffman walks out the door write a max deal down for Eric Carlson and then work on those guidelines from there on out. Because if Eric Carlson can be part of this future, a guy like Jordan Cairo and Robbie Fabry and potentially Vince Dunn can absolutely develop in my eyes. If you have Eric Carlson on your roster, I'm not saying that Mike Hoffman's going to St. Louis, write it down. I think uh, Mike Hoffman could, we're kind of just, uh, spitballing on this last night Ross and another place that I could see Mike Hoffman going with Zach Smith if you maybe bundled them I can see that fitting just really well in LA this year they they had such a trouble scoring goals in um, in the playoffs this year in that first round exit so Mike Hoffman's definitely a sexy player there and then Zach Smith just perfectly fits in their blueprint there where they've had Trevor Lewis's Kyle Clifford, Nate Thompson, yeah, guys like that. Just go back, hang Dustin out with Brown. Dion again. Yeah. Exactly, it's their type of player. Uh, just to add on that, one more team that I think is potential suitor 
is uh, Edmonton. They were kicking around that idea today at uh, NHL Network. And uh, could you imagine how many goals Mike Hoffman could put up on the wing of Connor McDavid? Yeah, a ton. And Pierre Lebrun also mentioned the Calgary Flames, who yeah. have a surplus of young defensemen. And the one I would be looking for if I'm the Ottawa Senators is Adam Fox out of Harvard. Yeah. He is a puck mover. He's huge. You can play Smack both kid. ends of the ice. Yeah, I think he was assistant captain for uh, Team USA at the World uh, Juniors last year. Absolutely but was. just a star, star in the making, I think, uh, for the Calgary Flames or hopefully uh, the Ottawa Senators if they do make a trade. I, I think for me, uh, in any Mike Hoffman trade, you need three pieces back. Um, I think I think you need a first-round pick for sure. Uh, and you need, uh, I want to say A, but if you're, if you're going to get like an A... An A prospect and a first, I think that does it. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm thinking Robert Thomas or Jordan Cairo out of St. Louis. I'm thinking I want Gabriel Velarde or wow, yeah, or even uh, or Kempe out of uh, out of L.A. Kempe maybe a bit more developed at this point, but he showed that he can play a bit of a physical game and and yep. he can score too. So I think those are a couple of players that interest me. Anyone else that you'd like to see moved? I know. Let's be realistic. Of course, we'd all like to see Alex Burrows not on this team. <laughs> um, I know Pillar wants to give uh, Marion Gabrick one more year. Hey, and look, I'm not I'm not advocating for this proudly you or anything, were. but I'm just saying they might as well give him a year and. <laughs> Either he goes on long-term injury reserve, which would be ideal. Yeah, P- Pillar goes, ideally, he goes on long-term injury reserve. Or he plays, and it doesn't work out, and then you buy him out. Or he plays, and he finds some of that scoring touch that he had so many years ago. Or he's just a good mentor. Like, he's a veteran guy. He's won a cup. He's been He's been through a lot. Parley, I got to tell you a story. Okay. Pillar and I are watching uh, overtime playoff goals on uh, on YouTube today. So we're re-watching it on the YouTube account we've got on yeah, the TV. Great video. Um, they show the LA one where they win the cup. Gabrick sets him up and they go, look at Gabrick out there for an overtime goal. We got to give him another year. The next clip was Burrow's overtime goal. I was like, oh, yeah, you want to give this guy an extra year, too? <laughs> look, that's I'll, a tough one. I'm just saying, if the Sens bio Gabrick right now, the only use that is is to give big contracts to Carlson, Stone, Duchesne, and get those set Cody up. CC this summer, yeah. bud. But if, if, Hoffman's mo- <laughs> if Hoffman gets moved, that's a lot of money. And if, like Chris, like you said, I'm really into uh, packaging Smith with Hoffman, there's $8 million freed up there. And that's real change. Yeah. That's real change. That shakes up the locker room. Those are two long-serving senators. Yeah. Um, Marion G- Gabrick, I can see him being a bit of a mentor for Philip Zadina as well, though. That, that, <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Like, I just... A mentor for a player that hasn't been drafted. But no, he would. And he's Czech, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah. For, for me, a guy... If you're going to move Hoffman... I want I want prospects over picks. I'm not really too uh, too enthused with the Sens scouting staff, and it seems to just be dwindling each time. Like the only thing we ever hear about the scouting staff is it's getting smaller. You don't hear any positive. Shout out Trent Man though; he's run some good drafts for this team since he took over for Dorian oh, in I'm, 2015. I'm not trying to discredit what they've done. I'm just saying it seems like it's getting worse rather than getting better. So I would rather invest in known prospects and I would love to get some sort of goalie to bridge the gap between the Anderson condo do du- uh, in a trade duo. you mean yeah 
if you're going to trade Hoffman, try to get some sort of goalie. Like maybe if you're going St. Louis, you go Carter Hutton route. I'm not sure. Something like that. I think Jake Allen's probably available before Carter Hutton. He's, he comes with a big ticket. Carter e- Hutton's also aging. Either way. I would like to but, see someone bridge the gap between Con- Condo and Andy. I don't think uh, it's realistic. And Hogberg. I don't think it's realistic for Grubauer. I think that uh, yeah, the, I and, think the Islanders are going to push hard. And that's him. why I didn't say that the Caps uh, the Caps don't have room for uh, to take on Hoffman and stuff like that. They're trying to re-sign Carlson. Yeah. So. So w- let me just throw this out here. There's a couple defensemen we already talked about in Carolina. I know that they're trying. They're a team trying to get bigger and stronger. Now, does Zach Smith become a bit of a sexier big man if Yeah, but but what <laughs> if Hobbs in the deal as well and maybe get a defenseman out of there? Um another guy that's Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Another guy that's kind of played his way off the chopping block, if you will, is Jacob Truba. I mean, wind the calendar back a year ago, that guy is almost getting ran out of Winnipeg. Well, he held out. He held out, and then yeah. he signs that one-year bridge deal. Two. Sorry, two-year bridge deal. It calms the waters. That is a... But it's still an interesting situation. That's an elite right-hand shot defenseman. So he's an RFA this summer still. Yeah. So the, Yeah, so they have his right. So you wouldn't be able to just go out and get him. You, you're going to have to give up a substantial amount. No, I know. That's Zach I'm... Smith's not getting it done. No, I'm talking Hoffman still. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. You imagine that for And then Hoffman would just basically be replacing Skinner, who they've already talked about moving. Well yeah, yeah. If they went to Carolina. Yeah. 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 That's I mean there's there's so many ways the sense can go and we're really looking forward to getting these next two weeks out of the way. And um as we say goodbye, we will let you know that um coming up we're gonna pre record a few of these. We're gonna do the a recap of the last ten NHL drafts, which uh very lucky enough coincides with the 2008 Eric Carlson draft will be the first one but before we do that we're going to go all the way back to 2001 it was the last time the Ottawa Senators drafted in the top five of course they'll be doing that in Dallas uh, and it's of course a great story it was with the trade Alexi Ashen we'll get more into it and we're going to release these each of the 10 days leading up to the draft and Chris has got a special interview it'll be our first recurring guest uh, who will join us uh, when we talk about the 2017 draft last season. Yeah, and uh, I mean, this might be the most diligent note-taking I've ever done, so I'm excited for these uh, draft shows. And yeah, I think uh, it'll be a fun interview with a guy we've had on here before. That was a lot of fun, so stay posted on Twitter and see uh, keep up. This is going to be a lot of fun looking back into uh, Sen's history. I'm looking forward to it and I think it's going to be some good content. Sen's will be writing more history coming up in the next month. For Brandon Pillar and Chris Parliament, I'm Ross Levitan. Ovechkin can win a cup tonight. Let that sink in. Peace and love.